We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. The gentleman you see on the right of me today is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Jeff, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is over. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is this the wildest first weekend that you can ever remember? I mean, I guess you can say that only because, again, you know, you've got the most uh, upsets by numbers that we've ever had. But it's not like we're overall surprised at this, are we, Rob? I mean, look at the current climate uh, of college basketball going into this season. You add a pandemic. Um, you and I both know, like, has anything shocked us other than if Baylor or Gonzaga were knocked off before the Sweet 16? If you had told me anything this season, would anything have surprised you that much? Um, yes. The The way that Illinois got beaten in the second round surprised me. I did not think that they were going to get their doors blown off by anybody. Yes, but early in the season, you and I, we were both like, hey, do we completely trust Illinois? Like, and then they turned. Then they turned it around. Like, it's easy to say early in the season, yes, but then they had the second best player in the country. I would assume would go nuts. They had Andre Corbello step up and turn into a star, and Kofi Coburn got better defensively. They made an adjustment. They played Jacob Grandison more. Like they they were the hottest team in the country heading into the tournament. You trusted them. You trusted them. I did not trust them. I did. I had them going out to Oklahoma State in the Sweet Sixteen, but I, I did not expect them. They were completely dominated. Like that was that. It's not that they lost. Jeff, it's that they were completely oh. overwhelmed. That was really surprising to me. Yes. Um, Oregon State coming out of nowhere to make it to the Sweet 16. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's the most surprising. That might be the most surprising thing of the season. Want to hear a crazy stat? On Go January ahead. 18th, they ranked 153rd <laughs> on Kempom. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, I was actually talking to Wayne Tinkle's agents last night, and, and I said to him, I'm like, like, honestly, like, think about Oregon State. You could have replaced Wayne Tinkle on January 18th and said, like, hey, you know what? It's just not working, uh, if not for a big buyout. They, they still owed him a good amount of money. But you could have said, hey, we wanted to see, like, what an assistant will do. It, it happens. Not often. But imagine if that had happened. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't that far off. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy what they were able to do. Like that's I'm happy. The- I, I really like Wayne Tinkle, so I'm I'm happy. Uh, and plus, we might get to see Tinkle and Hinkle again. <laughs> Tinkle, Hinkle. <laughs> it's never not funny. Maybe I, I, <laughs> it's really not. It's really. I, not. I'm, 
I'm, I must be six years old. My, yeah, my sense of humor is uh, going to hell. Um, all right. So what was uh, – well, we'll just roll through stuff real quick. What was the, the biggest surprise for you from the first weekend of the tournament? Um, I mean, I, I think overall, if you told me that the Big Ten and the Big 12 would have a combined two teams left standing – out of, out of, and the Pac-12 would have four. I mean, what are the odds of that? Seriously, like the odds in Vegas of that would have been like a billion to one. Like, like it's it's insane. I mean, there's no way anybody could have ever projected that. You know, I'm a Pac-12 guy. Like, I went to Arizona. I went to a, I, I stay up. I watch the Pac-12. You obviously you stay up. You watch the Pac-12. Like, it's it wasn't very good this year. It really wasn't. And uh, you know, UCLA's decent. But, but, you know, they got so a little bit. My, here's, here's my take on the Pac-12. Um, we, all, we all expected this with Oregon. Like, Oregon's not a surprise. Right. Totally. Everyone knew, totally. Everyone, knew, everyone knew this was coming with Oregon. Yeah. Oregon State, I'm willing to that, – like, that's just no March, no. Mar- March happening, you know? Right. Shit happens UCLA, in March. Somewhat UCLA, too. Like, UCLA's obviously yeah, – Also, look at, look at their road. They beat totally. Michigan State. Who yep. was not very good all year yep. in, a, in a in a Big Ten that was that looks like it's pretty overrated. Right. Um, they beat BYU, who yep. came out of the WCC yep. a yep. year after they lost like all of these pros, and, and the WCC. they beat Abilene Christian. Like that, yes. their path was pretty easy. So yes, they they won those games, but it's not like they're out here knocking off a bunch of top twenty five teams. So didn't yes, Alford do this? Hey, didn't Alford? A couple of years ago, do like a Sweet Sixteen run, sit like not. He made two Sweet Sixteens, huh? He made two Sweet Sweet Sixteens. One of them was like this. One of them was like this. It broke for him. Yeah, like it just sometimes. Sometimes yeah. the the schedule works out for you well. Um, yep. The one that is really really impressive to me is USC. And totally. look, I'll tell you this: there was I, I said this last night on the stream, Jeff. There was a there were three possessions last night that just kind of made me say, "Holy shit." USC is a problem. One of them was at the, on the, I think it was the fourth three that Isaiah Mobley hit in the first half. Like he's, he's out here six foot 10 hitting step back threes. Did you see that? He had a step oh, back. Three. Yeah. In no. the second half, I think in the like three minutes in, Evan Mobley grabs a defensive rebound, brings the ball up himself, right? Yep. Uh, crosses over David McCormick, dribbles into a post up, gets a post touch, draws a help defender, kicks it out for a wide open three. Like you have your seven foot center doing that? Yep. That that's unfair. Yep. Two yep. possessions after that, literally, as I'm typing out the tweet saying, I can't believe Evan Mobley just did what he just did. Isaiah Mobley catches the ball on the three point line, pump fakes, yeah. two dribbles into the lane, past David McCormick, draws a help defender from the opposite wing, kicks it out to a shooter on the three, bang. If, if you have the Mobley brothers doing that, yeah. Yeah. like that is a team that could legitimately play with Gonzaga. Like that team right there, yeah. Pop, Papa Mobley was a pretty good hire, I would say. Yeah. Now we'll see if that ends up lasting because that was probably as well as you're ever going to see the Mobley Mobleys play, and they're going up against a Kansas team that is banged up and coming off of COVID, and and just it felt like the wheels fell off for Kansas yeah. in that game. So we'll see what ends up happening. But man, that was that that was a that was a warning shot last night. That was a warning shot. Listen, there, there, there's no question um, to me when you watch USC, you think to yourself. And, and you know, when, the one thing I'll say, we, we've been critical to some degree, not more praise, obviously, of, of Evan Mobley because of his motor. 
watching them in person, I'll say this. It, it comes so effortless. I think he's one of those guys, Rob. I think he doesn't show any emotion, unlike his brother. And and just seeing him up close last night, it was the first time I'd seen him, obviously, in about two years. Because uh, last time I'd seen him was in a high school event. And, and I felt like, man, I'd like to see him be a killer. He's gotten better that way. He's definitely gotten better. He's not a killer killer. But, man, like. Yeah, you're, killer you're killer. way more worried about that than I am. Well, I just like to see him sometimes take over, show some emotion. But, like, he, he is. Man, is he fun to watch. Like, he, he's super talented. And and I don't know if he'll be an NBA star, but he's got a chance to be. Like, he's got a chance to be with some of the things he can do. And, like, he's one of those guys you just look at and you're like, all right, he's just scratching the surface. If he goes to the right team in the NBA. But, yeah, like, the thing is, like, you want him to be a killer, but that's not – his value is not as a guy that's going to take over games as a scorer. He can completely dominate the paint defensively in a way that I haven't seen anyone do it at the college, he, he does it I, routinely. Go back and look at what like UC, USC's two point percentage defense is. Like he is so good at guarding ball screens. He is so good at switching. He's yep. he's so long. He's always in the right spot. It, 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 there's no they they got a chance. They definitely have a chance. Like they're not, you know. To me, again, if you look at a team that that has the talent, has the experience, you know, they've got a lot of, of transfers on that team. But Oregon's really – like, that matchup might be the best matchup of, of, of the Sweet 16, Oregon-USC. It's not even the best matchup of the West region. <laughs> it's a good matchup. I'm, I'm it's saying. It's good, but, but Gonzaga's right, great. So the, West region, the, same region. the West region might have the two best matchups. How's that? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree right? With that. All right. I mean, look at it. Those you don't think – wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't think Oregon State Loyola is better than USC-Oregon? What have you been drinking? What do you, 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 you what was in that bottle? Did you crack another blue moon? Did you, you have a blue moon for breakfast? Florida State. You picked Michigan Florida State, didn't you? For, for the best game? Yeah, I think yeah. Michigan Florida State's the best game. Um, all right. So uh let's do let's do biggest disappointment for you, and then we can get into talking a little bit about the Sweet 16 and looking forward. I mean, I, I think the biggest disappointment, you gotta say Illinois, don't you? Illinois and Texas. If we're going to individual teams. Yeah, Texas is right there. Texas is probably worse. You're right. You're right. Texas is worse and Chaka. And and that's one that, again, like you just look at Abilene Christian and you're like, how the hell did this happen? You don't do that with Illinois. You, you don't. I mean, honestly, Loyola is a really good team. Like Abilene Christian, I hate to say it, but like you just look at their, their talent and what Joe Golden put out there against Texas and, and you look at it and you're like, like in twenty years, Shaka's going to look back at that game and just say, "Like how the how the f did I let that happen?" Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he should be saying it right now. And the the biggest like there were mistakes were made. Let's just put it like that. Like they, I did not understand why they constantly walked the ball up against a team that was pressuring them and made it very clear that they weren't able to function in the half court. Like you had to find a way to get pace into that game. You had to find a way to be able to access the athleticism that they had yep. on the roster. Yep. Um, just re- routinely dribbling the ball up when Matt Coleman was getting hounded and clearly not functioning well and Courtney Ramey was getting hounded and not functioning well, it just didn't make sense. There were a lot of bad decisions that were made in that yeah. game. I'm sure Shaka yeah. regrets and, and they're, they were one uh, defensive rebound away from surviving it and getting by. So um, styles make fights. That was a tough matchup and, uh, and, and Texas did not play well. So I agree with you there. All right, let's uh, I think what we're going to do here is we'll just roll through every game in the sweet 16 and kind of break it down. 
Um, I haven't really had a chance to take a deep dive into it, so we're gonna we'll we'll do this again later right. on. But I just wanted to go through the early lines before things really started to move too much. Yeah, that's what I'd say we should do. I mean, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else yesterday before we do that? It was incredible to me. And, and you, Let, you no, let's talk about Michigan because I'm Michigan. I think is the big talking point. So um, they they were down early to, to LSU, and they fought back and they ended up winning. And um, it became very clear in the final about eight minutes that like, okay, Michigan is way better than this LSU team. So what? what, what how do you feel about Michigan? What's your take on them? And are are they back? Like, are you still concerned? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, it's still LSU, like. Like, when you get into it, it's still they beat LSU. And even without Isaiah Livers, you're saying to yourself, all right, like, LSU's undisciplined. They generally don't defend. Do you trust them? No. Like, I actually give them more credit. They, they fought with Michigan for uh, most of the game and hung in there. But, again, Michigan's – they're not the same team without, without Livers. Can they beat Florida State? Sure. We both know Florida State's not great. You know, to me, it's going to be about if, if Florida State makes shots, they, they can that, – that should be a good game, like you said, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, Michigan, to me, is, is again, if they can somehow get Livers back, which I, I haven't gotten any information that's going to happen. They've and, done a good job keeping that quiet. I'll give them credit on that. They've done a good job yeah, keeping them whatever's going on. I mean, maybe there. I got some time here these next few days. Maybe I'll try to dig in and find out what's going on there. I, um, I honestly – I don't – I don't think I expect him to be back. I feel like no, we I, don't I don't either. We, we would have heard some good, like some good news, if he was going to end up being back. So I, I don't expect him to be back, and that's not something with like I don't, I don't have inside information on that. Like I'm not texting with Jawan Howard right now, so um, I just I, I don't think he'll be back. Um, for me though, watching them play, and I, I'm curious to see your take on this. I thought Brandon Johns played really, really, really important minutes for him. Yeah. Um, he and they need that. Yeah, like I mean, he's he's not going to be livers, but he had a couple plays. Like there was one play where he squared somebody up on the perimeter. He drove by him and he dunked it in the middle of the lane. Um, now a lot of that had to do with the fact that LSU seemed completely adverse to actually playing any kind of help side defense. But um, and then in the second half, when Michigan made their surge, uh, when they went, I think they went from like down eight to up five, and it felt like the span of about six possessions where they completely overwhelmed LSU defensively. Like, he made the two biggest defensive plays because he got put on an island against Javante Smart, and then he got put on an island against Cam Thomas. And in both of those possessions, he he stopped those guys. Um, he was able to keep them from getting a shot off. They drove. He was able to go vertical at the rim and did not let them finish. And if, he, he's, if he's able to do that defensively, then – I do think that it kind of it changes the calculus a little bit on what Michigan is without him because that's that's the value of livers is that you can have the guy with some size but right. still be able to be on the floor because he can defend people on the perimeter. I didn't know if, if Brandon Johns had that in his bag. If he does have that in his bag, it does change things a little bit. Now he's still not the shooter that Livers is, but being able to have someone to match up defensively. Well, Johnny Brown, if Johnny Brown can make shots, well, yeah, I mean he's made that. shots all year. Like that, that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and I do think that uh, a matchup with Alabama and a matchup with uh, or a potential matchup with Alabama and this matchup with Florida State um, are both really good for Franz Wagner uh, sliding over to the four and playing bigger because you're not going to have to worry about him really getting bullied. You know what I'm saying? Like Florida State all has they, they have one big guy and they kind of play four perimeter players, right? Um, 
obviously yeah. Alabama, like they, yeah. they have Herb Jones basically right. is like their four point guard. Um, so like the matchups, I don't think are are going to result in um, and Franz getting played off the floor like they might have in other situations. So I think that that actually really helps them as well. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm back in on them. You know, I was worried, really worried about them without livers, but I think that Juwan might have found something. And I'm also, to be honest, I cannot wait to see what what he's going to try to figure out to do uh, how to do to play this Florida State team. That's going to be a really tough matchup. Um. All right, let, let's let's. Uh, anything else from yesterday stand out? Anything else? I, I thought it was kind of a ho hum day, to be honest. Other than, yeah, I mean, it was. We were we were due to have a ho hum day. <laughs> the, the Friday was insane. Saturday was crazier, and Sunday was nuts. And we were due to have like a day that was just kind of like, oh well, you know what? Some days in basketball are just like normal things happen. Well, it started off with with Loyola, so you were like, "Whoa, all right, well, what's what's in?" And then every game was like, I didn't see a close game all day. I saw four games, and they were all like, "Yeah, you went to all the bad games." Well, right, we're, let's talk about um, let's let's talk about the the Sweet Sixteen matchups and just kind of takes on early lines. Uh, I'm just gonna go. So, Bet Rivers right now has them listed in a specific order. I don't know if this is like the order that the games are actually going to be played or what, but um, we're just gonna go through it this way. So, uh, first we have. Um, Oregon State and Loyola. Loyola is lane six and a half. The total there is 125. Do you see anything initially off the bat that you like? Uh, hang on one second. Let me, let, me just pull every, let me just pull all these lines up so I have them. Uh, where are we here? Hold on. Uh, well, I'll go, I'll go first on this. Go I, actually, yeah. I, I think I really like Loyola Chicago in the spot because of what they can do defensively and the way that they can run people off the three-point line. Um, I think that uh, you're playing with with Oregon State right now. You're kind of playing with house money a little bit, and I'm I'm expecting them to come back to earth. Uh, so I, I just at at this point, why? How can you how can you go away from yeah. um, trusting what what Loyola can do? If they were able to do that defensively against uh, Illinois, like what are they going to be able to do against a team like um, Oregon State, who is uh, as good as they've been? They are not anywhere near as good as uh, as as Illinois. No, not as good, but probably match up a little bit better in, in a way because of their versatility. I, I think they, they have guys, again, you know, the, the hardest thing we said this with Illinois was was going to be Kofi and, and his matchup defensively, and, and that's what killed them ultimately. Um, I think Oregon State can cover here. Like, I think Loyola Chicago wins, but I absolutely think Oregon State can cover. I'll take early on here, I, I, I would take the Beavers and, and the plus six and a half. Yeah, I think the logic there is that, I mean, this total is 125, right? This is going to be a slow game. Both yep. of these teams slow it down. They, they're both uh, outside the top 300 in, um, in in average possession length offensively. So it's going to be kind of like a slow-paced yep. uh, possession by possession by possession game. So I, I can I can see that. Um, next up, Arkansas. Would you the money line? Like, I, I think there's some value in the money line there, too, plus 240. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. Take it. I just Loyola seems like the kind of team that can completely envelop you defensively. And yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I got to look more into it. But I, there's, I'll, I'll put it like this: there's the early line. There is not something that I'm, I'm necessarily interested in. I got to dive. You know, is is, is 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 Tinkle playing in Hinkle? Do we know that or not? I have no, I have no idea. I haven't I seen it. Might be honestly, it could be fate. I mean, if Tinkle's playing in Hinkle, could be. Yeah. Could be. Is, is, Oregon State, is Oregon State the team of destiny now? Oregon State I might be the team of destiny. Be. 
I think yeah. they might be. Um, all, right. all right. Next uh, up, we have uh, we have Arkansas Lane eleven against Oral Roberts. Now, this is one of the lines that I, I, I jumped on already. I think I, I think Arkansas runs them out of the gym. I think this is the end of the road for Oral Roberts. Uh, I've, I've loved their story. I want to see him keep going. Uh, but what they've been able to do in terms of creating mismatches and creating advantages, I don't think is going to happen against a team that when they're at their best is going to play five guards around the perimeter and is going to have Justin Smith to kind of erase Kevin O'Banner. And, and I don't know. I just it, it feels like this is the one of the, the worst possible matchups that Oral Roberts could have drawn. And I believe they've played already this season, right? So let me just let uh, yeah, me go back did. and double check. Yes, they did. They did. They and did. I think that was the game when O'Banner went nuts and um, Max Asmus struggled, but I'll, I'm going to bring that up right now. So what do you think there? I, I I love Arkansas in that spot. I don't know if I love Arkansas. I mean, again, Oral Roberts, they get two studs. Now, the problem for Oral Roberts is if one of those guys has an off game, what happens, right? Like they both – been on both of the games. They both had really good games. Um, you know, Asmus and O'Banner, like they're, they're two studs. Arkansas has got a lot of dudes on that team. They got a lot of mm-hmm. guys. And they are tough as shit. Like they're, it, we knew they were good this year, but again, they didn't really, we didn't think they, they played anybody early. So it's kind of part of the problem. Um, but then we figured out like they actually did play some teams. They just played some, some good non-conference games that, like, I mean, again, they played North Texas early. They played or- Oral Roberts early. They played Abilene Christian early. Like, those three in the non-conference, they played, and they beat mm-hmm. them all. Um, but we were like, eh, how good are any of those, you know? But obviously, they turned out to be better than we thought. So, I, I-, I like Arkansas a lot here. I still say Oral Roberts covers. I don't think they win, but I, I think – Again, when you get down to the Sweet 16 here, you're talking about these favorites that have a ton of pressure on them. Arkansas hasn't played with pressure all year, really, for the most yeah. part, all year. And I, now, I, yeah. I just, I just think it's a, it's a really difficult matchup. Really, yeah. really I mean, listen, the the one area that's going to hurt these Cinderellas right now, usually at this point, like the whole crowd is behind Oral Roberts. Well, there's no crowd now. Mm-hmm. There's no crowd. They're not going to have that. That That is the part that worries me a little bit because when you have a full packed arena cheering for you, they're not going to have really any of that. Like it's going to be full of Arkansas fans. Arkansas fans are going to be the ones that buy the tickets for that game and they're going to fill it up. Like they'll have a small Oral Roberts contingent, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, that worries me, but, but I'm telling you, like I think Oral Roberts covers in that one. But you're right. It worries me because they have two dudes, and if one of them has a bad game, they could get absolutely run out of the gym. Yep. All right. Next up, we have uh, Houston Lane six against Syracuse. That total there is one forty. What do you like? Cuse. I like the Cuse. I do. I like the Cuse. I think they hang in there um, and cover and maybe win. I might take the money line. Like it's it's like fate for the Bayhams. Like, buddies on. They're, like, seriously, you going to bet against the Bayhimes? Syracuse Orange, team of destiny. You can't bet against uh, Jim and Buddy right now. You can't do it. Plus 200 on the money line. Yeah, I'll, so I'll my, my worry there, my worry there is that um, is that Houston is not as bad against the zone 
as I would have expected them to be. Uh, they like West Virginia was horrible is horrible against the zone. Houston is not nearly as bad. They do have some decent passers. Um, they they they're not a great shooting team, but they're a good enough three point shooting team. And yep. the big thing is they can just pound the offensive glass. And um, that's that's one spot that I, I'm worried about because well, with, with, with West Virginia, it was basically like Derek Culver. But you could kind of keep everyone else away. Like with, with Houston, everybody goes to the glass. So that's that's going to be the tough part about this matchup. But I I I, I would probably take Syracuse here. That, that's not a team that I'm in the the mood of to fade in uh, in March. So we're on the same page with that one. All right, Villanova, Baylor. Baylor's laying six and a half. That totals one thirty nine. Um, I think I love, I love Baylor. I don't like I Baylor. I, I love Baylor. Like this is this is the one I got on already last night. Um, mm-hmm. Again. Baylor's guards against Villanova not having a, a, a big time point guard right now, you know, yep. without having Colin Gillespie. Like, like I just feel like this is the mismatch of and and the other thing is, and not that it's that important, but but Baylor beat Villanova a year ago in Myrtle Beach. All right, with with similar players. Okay, like the core of these two teams, they play together. I was there. It was maybe the best game I saw all season. It was so well played, you know, offensively. Um, Joe, I'm sorry, man. I know, I know. But listen, the bottom line is your Wildcats did a hell of a job to get to this point, even if they lose to Baylor. They're playing with house money right now. You know yep. that. I mean, without Colin Gillespie, <laughs> listen, you can run stuff through Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and they will. And maybe Jay Wright can pull off the, the improbable here. But I'm, I'm taking Baylor and their guards. Um, over over Villanova, and again, I, I just think Baylor here's, here's the problem. Here's here's what's going to happen. Um, Jay Wright's going to try to run things through Jeremiah Robinson Earl, right? Like he, like he did against North Texas, and like he yeah. did against um, against Winthrop, and it's going to work for the first five minutes while Scott Drew has Flo Thamba and and Everyday John on the floor, and then he's going to realize that the best way to do this is to put Mark Vital at the five. Have Mark Vital match up with Jeremiah Robinson Earl because I think that he can take him away. Like I, Jer- there's a lot of things that Jeremiah Robinson Earl can do well. Uh, squaring up Mark Vital 17 feet away from the basket and trying to make a play is not something that he's going to be able to do against them. And then have your four guards around uh, the perimeter. Play Matthew Meyer for uh, Jermaine Samuels to be able to match up there. You get a little bit of size on him, um, and then that's just going to take away everything that Villanova wants to don't do. I don't. I don't know what Villanova's option B is going to be uh, in that situation when you don't have another point guard or a playmaker. So that's what I think is going to happen is that um, is that Villanova will hang around for a while. They'll look good. Uh, yep. Scott, you will find the right matchup. And then it's just going to be like they, their yep. offense is not going to be able to, to function. So um, I'm very, very worried about that match with Colin Gillespie. It changes things. Uh, oh, I totally. think that it changes, it changes the conversation, but yeah. um, I think it's going to be a, a, a difficult, this is just, the worst possible matchup for Villanova in this moment. Next up, uh, Gonzaga laying 13 and a half at Bet Rivers. The total is 158 and a half there uh, against Creighton. Jeff, do you have a good feel on that one? Well, I'll take the points. I'll take the points. I mean, listen, we know Gonzaga is probably the 1A or 1B out there, but I don't know. You 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 thought they looked so good last night. I said No, they- I didn't. I didn't say they looked good. I you said did. That's what you I told said me. in a game in a game where uh, Oklahoma 
was playing out of their minds, where Austin Reeves was unbelievable, where uh, Ku, whatever the Kuath, uh, Kerr Kuath yeah. um, had roughly 867 blocks at the rim, right? Yeah. Creighton or uh, Gonzaga still covered. They still covered yeah. against Oklahoma. And I thought Oklahoma played like a top five percentile game for what they could have played. Yeah, and I, Gonzaga I probably played like a mediocre game for what they could have played. And they won by 16. Like there's, there's at that point when you can just put it into cruise control against uh, Oklahoma beat beat four top ten teams this year. They with beat Jeff Alabama without Austin. How many, Reed. how many? How many of those teams did they beat with their second leading score and and, and best they, guard? They beat one of them without their leading score. They beat one of them without Austin Reeves and another important player. Bottom, so bottom it's line, like, it's not like that team can't win without. But they weren't playing against Saga. Like, like to me, you just took away. No, we're just playing Alabama, the SEC champion, <laughs> another top five team in a top two seed. No, it that was, it was just Alabama. It was it wasn't Gonzaga. It was just Alabama. And I'll tell you without the leading score, without the guy that averages seventeen five and five. You had to have him. You had to have him to have a shot. Like, yeah, of course you had to have him to have a shot, and they still played their best game. And Gonzaga like never got out of cru- cruise control, yeah, I, and they won by I, sixteen and covered. It was never there was never a sweat. Like there was never a point in time where we were like, "Oh wow, I think Oklahoma might win this no, game." Agreed. And, and, by eight, and then they got blown out. Of, they got run out of the gym. It shouldn't be Brady Maddox couldn't make a shot, and you were without your second best guard. Okay, yeah. What, uh, what, uh, what's your point? Like Austin Reeves was unbelievable. He hit every shot down the stretch. Yeah. Kurt Kuath took away probably nine layups that I don't know how much more you could ask for out of those two. And when you get those guys playing that way and it was never close and because I could never take it out of cruise control, they covered. Well, they covered. Yes. They covered. Yeah, so like, I don't, I don't know what you're, I don't, I don't know what the concern is there. Gonzaga did not play well. And they covered. Timmy looked great. Drew Timmy looked great to me. He carried him. He carried him. Uh, I would say, here's what I would say is I, I like getting 13 and a half from Creighton. They're old. They, they, they've got, obviously, uh, I think in the rearview mirror is all the, the the stuff that could have affected them and, and, and distracted them. At this point, I think they're pretty locked in. Uh, I worry about Timmy, obviously. I don't think they have anybody who can guard true Timmy, but I don't think most teams do. You know, the key for me is you could put Mahoney on Kispert and, and rotate other wings. Potential, that's the key. If you can keep Kispert from going off, they cover here. Not saying they win, they cover here. You can't let Kispert go for twenty five. Yeah, but, I, but the thing about Kispert is like, if you put Mahoney on Kispert, I feel like you're wasting him a little bit because all you need, you just need someone that's not going to leave Kispert. You can put anybody on that. You just stay connected. No, you can't put anybody on that. You, that's bullshit. You can't put anybody on that. Yeah, you. I don't. I think it's silly to waste your best defender. I would probably use Mahoney on. Um, Who Ayayi? No, well, I think I think I would use him if I was going to set the matchups. I would probably put, um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. You don't. You almost don't want to put Zagorowski on on Suggs in a way, because then you wear him down potentially for the. No, offense. you put, you you would put Zagorowski on either Nemhard or Ayayi. Right. Um, right. Probably probably Nemhard. Yeah. I would probably want to use yeah. Damian Jefferson on um on uh. On, on Ayayi because Ayayi is a little bit of an offensive rebounder and Jefferson's a little bit stronger. I think I would put Mahoney on Jalen Suggs to start. I'll put right. some physicality on him, an athlete that can defend him, and let Mitch Ballack run around after Corey Kispert. Like you can face guard Corey Kispert and not let him get a, get a catch off and not leave him, 
and basically playing a four and four everywhere else if you really want to take him away. But it feels like putting um, your best perimeter defender on a team that has three guys that can play off the bounce on the guy that can shoot is just it's I, I don't think that's the way that you do it. that's not, at least that's not the way that I would do it. But again, you're right. The the biggest issue that I have is I don't know how you have to have Christian Bishop on the floor, and I don't know how Christian Bishop deals with Drew Timmy. That seems like Nobody just a does. really really suboptimal. Drew Timmy is such a, a, a matchup nightmare. I mean, he he was so dominant against Oklahoma. Like, now we knew he would be against their front line, right? For the most part, mm-hmm. we knew he, he's just man. He he he's such an X factor for them, and 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 just something nobody else has. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I'm taking Creighton in 13 and a half. I like yeah, that. I think that's the side that you need to be on, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not going to bet. If, if if that line doesn't move anywhere, I'm probably not going to bet it because I don't want to be on the other side of Gonzaga at any point. All right, next up, we have Florida State uh, and Michigan. Michigan is laying three and a half. The total there is 145. What do you like here, Jeffrey? The Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I do. I like them giving three and a half. I've never bought into Florida State being this great team this year. Uh, it, like we talked about, Livers is super important. I don't think he comes back. Um but they've got other pieces. They've got other pieces that have clearly been able to step up. And I think their potential between Dickerson, between Hunter, between um, Mike Smith's been good. Like the only the only thing I worry about, but they keep winning without him being great, is, is, is Wagner doesn't play great and they still find a way. And, and I, I just say it over and over and over. And, and like Florida State is the matchup I worry about with him probably more than any because they're they're so big, strong, and, and physical. Um, but I, I think Michigan wins this game. Could it come down to a final shot and, and Florida State covers? Absolutely. I could see this being a grinded-out type game uh, that comes down to the end. Maybe not grinded out like defensive. It's not going to be one of those. Um, but I think it could come down to the final shot. But I'll take Michigan lane, lane three and a half here. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I got to think about this one more because I'm 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 going to be really worried about uh, Mike Smith going up against the length and athleticism yeah, of Florida you're State right. and their yep. ability to switch. Like, so my here I have two concerns. One is Mike Smith is a small guard going up against a team that can play uh, Scotty Barnes, six foot seven at the point. Um, the last time we saw Florida State go up against a small guard was when he completely erased. Kihei Clark against Virginia. Now, now, Virginia and Michigan are two very, very different teams and very different levels, but that's still something where it's like that 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 size is going to be something that you need to be concerned about. The other problem is Florida State switching takes you out of anything you want to run offensively, and I do kind of think that Michigan, um, when they are when they are at their best, like they they're winning because of what they can run offensively, as opposed to being able to win one on one. So that's something that is definitely a concern to me. Uh, I got to think about it more and try to figure out what Juwan might actually do. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, that line seems about right to me. Next up, USC, Oregon at Bet Rivers right now. It's USC minus one. You got a little bit of extra juice. That's minus 109. And the total is 139. Jeff, how do you feel about this one? Um, I don't know on this one. Like, my, my gut tells me. And I think I'm going to do it. My gut tells me go with Dana Altman in Oregon, but but I don't feel good about it after watching USC last night. I mean, they beat Kansas by like a hundred. Like USC was- jumped up to uh, 
to number six in Ken Palm right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to me. I mean, it's crazy, but you know, Oregon, I love their switchable parts, right? I love their their wings, and I think Will Richardson's playing well. Like Duarte, like they've got all that, but like, what do you do with Mobley? Like, what do you do with both Mobleys? That length, man, is 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 something that Oregon's not going to be able to to combat. So they're going to have to um, they're going to have to spread out USC and. I still think like those guys move their feet well. Both Mobleys can guard. And again, around the rim, I think some of these Oregon guys are going to have trouble finishing around the rim. Yeah, I think the the big concern that I have is that um they're I don't think that they're gonna be able to uh to really do anything in the half court. Like I just think that the way that USC's length and and perimeter ability matches up with um with Oregon can really take away the things they do want to do in the half court. So I think Oregon's going to have to make this be like kind of a up and down transition based game. I think that they're going to have to throw that press on and try to start forcing some turnovers because I do think that USC's ball handlers can be a little bit turnover prone. Uh, but I don't know if that happens. Um, so I'll, I'll be, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how that one ends up playing out. But my initial take is that I want to be on USC in this spot. It just does not feel like that is, um, Laying, laying one does not feel like enough. Be careful back right. against Dan Altman. Yep. Last one we had. Yeah, well, I mean, we said the same thing about Bill Self and Andy Enfield. And Bill Self lost by 34. <laughs> he did. You're right. You're right. But I think Oregon's got more talent, honestly, which is crazy yep. to say. All right. Last, last line is Alabama minus six against UCLA. Um, do you like that one? I just got Alabama five and a half. And, and yeah, I like the Crimson Tide here a lot. Like my top three right now. Out of the gates in in, in this are uh, Baylor, uh, Creighton, and and in Alabama. I, I just you know I, Alabama always worries me a little bit, but not at this point. Like at this point, I don't worry about them as much. You know, getting up for it. Like Petty played well yesterday, which I thought was huge. Um, Shackelford is is very underrated. I don't know. I just don't think. In, a, in, an, in an up-tempo game, I, I just don't think, and I think they'll make it, they'll play fast, uh, they'll find a way to control the tempo. They'll, they'll, they've got bigger guards against Tiger Campbell. I think Tiger yeah. Campbell's going to have trouble. Like, like that's my biggest thing is Tiger Campbell um, against smaller guards is fine. Against the length and athleticism, I don't know how much you've seen that in, in the Pac-12. I don't yeah. know how many teams have seen that period. And, and you know who's back? You know who's uh, back? Primo. Who's back to Alabama? Primo. Jelly Fam JQ, baby. Oh, geez. Jelly Fam Javon's back. There we go. Yeah, he looked great. He looked great. I'm so happy for him. Um, yeah. So, I'm kinda, yeah, so I, I think – I think that Alabama's the side that I want to be on here, but honestly, like this is one of the ones where it's like I got to dig in a little bit more. Um, I, there's, I don't think there's nothing about the early line that I think we need to jump on because it's going to move too much. So the only one that I have locked in so far is Baylor minus six and a half. Everything else is, I'm going to kind of wait. I th- I'll, also, I'm probably going to put a bet in on USC pretty soon. Um, Let's go. Hey, before we before we run, two things. Look at futures right now. Like anybody else, is there anybody other than Gonzaga or Baylor? That you feel comfortable, you know, Gonzaga's plus one fifty-five, Bailey's plus three hundred to win it all. Is there anybody else that you could see? Like, for me, it might be Alabama. 
I might go Alabama plus eleven hundred. Well, I already have I already have an Alabama future locked in um, from from a while back. Uh, but no, there's no, there's no one else. Like I said, I I think that Gonzaga wins every game by double digits. If anything, I would still, I would jump on Gonzaga again. Uh, See, I, I think they won't. Baylor. I probably jump on Baylor, and I probably should. Yeah, I mean, plus they're hundred. Like I, I, I looked at them um, before the tournament started. But so yeah, I think Baylor is the only other one. Um, Most outstanding player. Uh, uh, real quick, there, there are. Final four futures that are available right now. You can get yeah. Houston at plus one hundred to get to the final four, um, which is pretty okay. interesting. Yeah, bad. Um, you can get the there was one other one. Oh, uh, USC to the final four at plus three fifty is is pretty okay. interesting. Um, but that's really all of the all of what I'm looking at at this point. Um, and then there's uh, there's player of the year or most outstanding player futures. Not player um, of the year, most outstanding player in the tournament. Yeah. Corey Kispert plus 450. Uh, Jared yeah. Butler plus 600. Yeah. Drew Timmy plus 600. Jer- uh, Jalen Suggs plus 800. Um, for me, the real interesting one is probably Davion Mitchell at plus 1500. Right. Um, because he, there's a, like, he's awesome. Uh, he can be, like, he can take over a game defensively. And I think if Baylor is going to beat Gonzaga in the title game, which is what will need to happen. For him to be able to to win it, yeah, um, then I think it's going to be because he completely takes away Jalen Suggs. Yeah, so, I agree. I think it's like defensively would earn him most yep. outstanding player. Like you know, Jared Butler could go off for twenty five. Davion Mitchell has sixteen, but but he shuts down Suggs, and and, and that's why you give it to him. So I'm with you. I, I really like that at plus fifteen hundred. You know what the, the best long shot is? Best long shot uh, player of the uh, MOP future is? Buddy. Buddy Bam. Evan Mobley plus 3,000. Yeah. Because USC is, USC is the team that can uh, is a team that can beat Gonzaga, and if they beat Gonzaga and they win the title, Evan Mobley is going to win the, 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 the most outstanding player award. Yeah. So if you if you I think you actually get better value betting Evan Mobley as plus, as uh most outstanding player than you would at um at at uh, USC winning the national title and I think that that's where that's where the money really lies is by betting on uh on Evan Mobley as the the most outstanding player. So that's if you if you think that USC is going to get it done, I think that's where you should invest your money. I'm go I'm investing my money on Davion Mitchell. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, all right, we'll do this week, all week, as always. We got two more weeks. Two weeks from tonight. No, two weeks from today. I'm, I'm going home. Two weeks from last night. We'll yep. have a national title. We will do. Yep. Uh, yeah, the final. We're going to get some people on this week. We'll 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 grind it out. We'll have uh, we'll have some we'll have some fun this week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.